Welcome everyone, this is the first podcast in a series of two podcasts that we are producing for the EHA on CTCL. Um, first I'd like to in- introduce myself, my name is uh, Martin Vermeer, I'm the head of the Department of Dermatology at the L. Leiden University Medical Center. And um, together with me is um, my co-host. Hi, I'm uh, Erik Marijt. I'm a hematologist in the Department of Hematology of the Leiden University Medical Center. And um, my expertise is uh, allogeneic stem cell transplantation for hematological malignancies. As I just said, this is the first podcast in a two-part series discussing cutaneous T-cell lymphomas from how to diagnose through how to treat and finally how to manage complex uh, presentations of this disease. In this first podcast, we will be concentrating on how CTCL typically present, are being diagnosed and the top line in care management. So Martin, uh, to start, um, what are uh, CTCLs exactly? Can you describe us um, their features? Well, yes, of course. This is a group of rare uh, T-cell lymphomas that primarily present in the skin. Global incidence of CTCL is less than 10 per 100,000 per year, so it's quite a rare disease. And I should stress here that it is a rare collection of diseases. Um, they ha- all have a heterogeneous clinical presentation, a histological picture, reaction to therapy, and clinical course. The clinical course of CTCL often differs from histologically identical nodal counterparts, and for that reason, specific classifications have been made for CTCL. One striking example is anaplastic large cell lymphoma, that if it presents in skin without uh, extracutaneous spread, it has a much better prognosis than their nodal counterpart. Right, thanks. Um, So what kind of uh, subtypes uh, do you have and what are the most common subtypes and what is the cell of origin uh, of these uh, diseases? Yeah, the cell of origin in CTCL is typically uh, a CD4 positive T cell and uh, with a me- uh, memory phenotype and, and a number of cutaneous T cell lymphomas. These are thought to be TH2 cells, although I must say uh, this has not been proven um, extensively and is still a, a matter of debate. Um, as we already discussed briefly, uh, it's a heterogeneous collection of diseases and the different types of CTCL differ greatly in in their clinical presentation and prognosis. The type of CTCL that is most abundant is mycosis fungoides, or I should better say it's the most common type of CTCL. It accounts for 60% of cutaneous T-cell lymphomas and almost 50% of all primary cutaneous lymphomas. This is a chronic disease with a slow progressive course from patches to plaques to tumors. And eventually, in a small minority of patients, we also see localizations in lymph nodes or even uh, other uh, metastasis. However, most patients only have skin localizations of their disease when, when they, not only when they present, but also during their disease course. The second most common group of cutaneous T-cell lymphomas is the group of the CD30-positive lymphoproliferations. 
This encompasses on the one hand lymphomatoid papulosis. Those patients present with small papules and nodules that can ulcerate and then typically disappear within six weeks. And on the other hand, anaplastic large cell lymphomas. These patients present with large, often ulcerating tumors, typically localized on the trunk. A definite diagnosis within the group of CD30 positive lymphoproliferations is always made by integrating the clinical picture with the histology, because the same histological picture can be seen in both lymphomatoid papudosis and anaplastic large cell lymphoma. Both entities have a good prognosis with extracutaneous localizations developing only in a minority of patients. The third uh, group of CTCL is a group of rare and often very aggressive CTCL. These patients should be treated as a peripheral T-cell lymphoma despite the fact that at presentation disease is limited to the skin. I also should mention Cesare syndrome, which is a very rare type of CTCL in which the tumor cells are found in the blood, skin and lymph node at presentation. Okay, thanks. Um, so how do patients with CTCL present at their primary uh, physician or um, at your um, outpatient clinic? And, and is there a typical patient characteristic to be discerned? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the, the, this is typically a disease of elderly people and there's a slight male predominance. Uh, at first presentation, uh, 50 to 60 uh, years of age is typically patients with early stage disease and elder patients might have more advanced stages of disease. And I must say, this is something that really applies to mycosis fungoides, which is, as I uh, discussed earlier, a disease that sort of develops from patch to plaque to tumor stage disease. Depending on the type of CTCL, patients will have different uh, skin symptoms. Patients with mycosis fungoides will have patches and plaques, nodules that might ulcerate, tumors, or even an erythroderma, which means a red skin from head to toe. This is different from patients with a primary cutaneous anaplastic large cell lymphoma that will present with solitary tumors or a number of tumors. And patients with a very aggressive type of CTCL, for instance, the CD8 positive aggressive epidermotropic T-cell lymphoma, they might have a large number of plaques and ulcerating tumors that develop in a very short time. This all stresses the fact that the integration of your clinical picture with your histological uh, picture is very important. So there is a large difference in mycosis fungoides in those patients that have early stage disease versus patients with a late stage disease. And late or advanced stage disease is defined as the presence of tumors and or erythroderma and even lymph node development and extranodal uh, development and metastasis can de develop in those patients. If we look at large registries, we see that um, in non-Caucasian patients uh, sometimes present with more advanced uh, disease and have a more uh, rapid course of their disease, but this also might have uh, their roots in the different socioeconomic background of different populations. 
and in some registries we are seeing an over presentation of hypopigmented mycosis fungoides, but this might also have to do with um, the skin type. Um, the quality of life and also the prognosis of patients closely correlates with the stage of disease. Okay, thank you. Um, so sometimes uh, patients progress with their disease and it becomes more aggressive. And can you explain to us what kind of factors are uh, associated with this type of progression? The first factor that's very important in determining the um, prognosis is of course the, the diagnosis itself. Then within mycosis fungoides, which is the, as I said, the largest group of patients with CTCL, there's an uh, the, the largest number of epidemiologic studies has been done and always the question of which patients will progress and when, when is the, uh, will they progress and what are the chances of progression have been studied most extensively. It turns out that increased age, elevated lactate dehydrogenase, male sex, large cell transformation uh, are all associated with um, more advanced disease and a bigger chance of progression. Um, but, but, but foremost, the, the disease type is the most important uh, in de determining the prognosis of a patient. So a patient with accessory syndrome will have, have, will have a significant worse prognosis than a patient with a patch or plaque stage mycosis fungoides, for instance. Okay, thanks. And uh, I assume that advanced disease also uh, has an impact on uh, prognosis and survival. Absolutely. Okay. So the, the moment we think or we, we know that we are dealing with uh, uh, more advanced disease, including lymph node involvement and metastasis, the whole therapeutic approach changes dramatically. But we'll talk about this later. Yeah, thanks. So how is the, the clinical care for uh, patients with uh, cutaneous T-cell lymphoma organized in your clinic? Because the CTCL uh, present in skin, often the diagnostic workup is done in close collaboration of the dermatology department and the pathology department. And at the dermatology department, we take a close look at the skin. Um, we determine what type of skin lesions we are dealing with and then very important, we uh, take a biopsy. We are in the uh, position to easily take tissue samples to see under the microscope what's going on. We also always have a, uh, a collaborative uh, dermatopathology meeting where we uh, take a look at the, these skin biopsies and not only the morphology and the architecture of the infiltrate will be of in interest, but also the close Detailed immunophenotyping is uh, paramount to make a correct diagnosis. Combined with the uh, clinical, uh, clinical picture, we can make a clinical pathological correlations and finally arrive at a correct diagnosis. And this is important and because, as I discussed, lymphomatoid papidosis versus anaplastic large cell lymphoma, uh, there this clinical pathological correlation is, is, is critical. Same holds true to make a diagnosis of mycosis fungoides versus anaplastic large cell lymphomas versus a peripheral T-cell lymphoma. After we have arrived at the uh, correct diagnosis, 
in some cases staging is uh, is necessary. This is not always the case. So a mycosis fungoides patch or plaque stage, no additional staging is uh, needed. But for instance, in a patient with sensory syndrome, you would definitely need a PET CT scan. And uh, in um, anaplastic large cell lymphoma, you would also order a PET CT scan to know uh, more about the, the, the stage of the disease and exclude nodal uh, localizations. And bone marrow biopsies are no longer routinely performed at the moment. And um, can you say something about the uh, official staging system for cutaneous T-cell lymphomas? The official staging system that has been developed for cutaneous lymphomas also takes skin stage into account. So we, we do look at the uh, extent of skin disease uh, as well. And this is some, somewhat uh, special, I should say. And for instance, in mycosis fungoides, we, we make a distinction between those patients that have patches and plaques, stage uh, 1a and 1b, versus patients that have tumors, which is stage 2b. This is then combined with the uh, um, uh, N stage, the no, no stage for, for, for nodes, for lymph nodes, um, uh, extracutaneous metastasis and blood stage. Thank okay, you. thanks. So after, let's assume that the staging procedures uh, were, uh, did, did not uh, detect any extra cutaneous involvement. So we are really dealing with a, a primary cutaneous T-cell lymphoma. Then we have to decide on the type of treatment. This is uh, um, for early stage disease in sort of initial stages of, of the disease, so to say, we can revert to skin directed therapies. So we are treating the skin, for instance, with local corticosteroids. Uh, and, and this should be the stronger uh, uh, steroids. An alternative would be if there is extensive involvement light uh, therapy, such, such as PUVA. Um, an alternative is um, bexarotene gel, and this is a retinoid, or a, a chloromethin gel. And in all uh, instances, patients are able to treat the skin lesions that they have with this, uh, these ointments themselves. PUVA treatment is typically given twice a week. And then if there are more uh, infiltrated lesions develop or frank tumors develop, radiotherapy is a very good uh, uh, way to treat this, uh, these lesions. So in most um, mycosis fungoides patients, the disease can be controlled effectively with this skin-directed therapies. As you can imagine, the clinical care for CTCL patients is not provided by dermatologists alone. Far from it. From the beginning, we are a team. We work together with the pathologist, but also with the uh, uh, radiation oncologist and also with the hematologist, um, especially to uh, decide on um, at what moment more advanced therapies are needed. And I have to um, advise my listeners here that at our second podcast in this series, we will be discussing the treatment options for more complex diseases in much more detail. Okay, thanks. So when um, do you involve a, a hematologist um, to uh, help you treat the patients? The... Uh, 
this depends very much on the on the diagnosis and um, for patients with a uh, advanced TTCL so uh, sensory syndrome or patients with uh, extensive tumors in mycosis fungoides we would uh, always want to discuss these patients with a hematologist to advise us uh, on what type of systemic treatment we uh, we should uh, start to use uh, and if we sh and with what uh, ID that treatment should be given in patients with a very aggressive uh, cutaneous T synophoma we should immediately discuss uh, this patient with uh, the hematologist and but in those patients with an early stage mycosis fungoides this is not needed we can treat those patients as I said, with so-called skin-directed uh, therapies. Okay, thanks. Or did you want to add something more? Uh, well, maybe it's good to to, uh, uh, to add to this that how this is uh, uh, organized. We, um, as, a, as specialists, we, as I said, we are working in a team, and with the pathology, we have these weekly meetings. We all, we also have weekly meetings with the hematologist to discuss the uh, patients that we think might uh, now be eligible to be more, to systemic uh, uh, treatment with, with chemotherapy and in, the, in, the, in addition to that we have of course our weekly clinic where we see patients together that are already uh, receiving this treatment or are considered to, to receive uh, chemotherapy and maybe in addition to that uh, we always try to organize our patients in such a way that if, if needed we uh, um, we, we could come over and, and, and take a look at the skin, maybe take additional biopsies or uh, if needed. So I, I really like to, to stress here that the uh, combined clinics that we have uh, are really important to give uh, uh, very uh, well integrated patient care. Yeah, and, and definitely also the radiation oncologist is always uh, involved in those uh, outpatient clinics. Absolutely. I, yeah. sh I should have mentioned that immediately, but, but yeah. especially in mycosis fungoides, the radiation oncologist is extremely important to treat uh, those patients that progress to tumors and also ILCL that uh, responds beautifully to, uh, to, radi to radiation. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in what way um, will new uh, diagnostic methods um, help to improve patient care and, and what kind of uh, new diagnostic tools um, and techniques are available? Can you tell us something about that? Yeah, I'll, I'll limit myself here to the advances that we are seeing in, in tools to quantify uh, tumor cells in, uh, in, in blood. The, these are uh, have much to do with uh, the advances that have been made in flow cytometry and uh, we are at, at this moment uh, actively involved in a number of studies where we uh, would like to, um, to, to get to a um, much better and more precise blood staging system uh, that can detect and quantify tumor cells in blood. That would really help us in uh, uh, quantifying the blood stage for patients and would also help us in those patients that we do treat with a stem cell transplantation to see uh, if minimal residual disease is present and also the emerging of novel uh, blood clones could then be closely monitored. In addition to that, the studies that have been performed uh, with especially next generation sequencing 
have given a lot of insight in the genetic instability and all the genetic lesions that are found in these tumor cells. These studies have especially been performed in Cesare syndrome and are uh, in lower numbers uh, of studies have been performed in mycosis fungoides and ALCL. And many of these studies have identified novel um, activation pathways that are operative in these cells, including NF-kappa-B pathway and the YAK-STAT pathway. The benefits of all these novel uh, developments for the treating physician and for the patients in the foreseeable fu future are, I think that in, we, in a few years, we will be in a better position to quantify and monitor tumor cells and hopefully also be in a better position to select patients for uh, systemic therapies and stem cell transplantation. And in those patients that, that are being treated in these intensive uh, treatment regimens, we can monitor tumor cells better than we can now. With that, I'd like to summarize I, um, the, what I think are important points to, to take with you from this podcast are that cutaneous T-cell lymphoma is a group of rare T-cell lymphomas. They differ greatly in clinical presentation, histology, reaction to treatment and prognosis. Diagnosis and treatment is performed in a team of dermatologists, pathologists, radiation oncologists and hematologists. Depending on stage, we can uh, use skin-directed therapies and in more advanced cases, systemic treatments and or even a stem cell transplantation is the treatment of choice. And um, this will be discussed in more detail in our next um, podcast. So I really hope that you will come back and join us for the next one as well. And with that, I'd like to thank all the listeners for their attention.